is so not my thing. It is your thing. Hello, yeah. everyone. Welcome to Our Unusual Life. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with my mom, Kathy. Hi, mom. Hi, Jesse. I'm excited to be here, and I just want everyone out there, all the listeners, to know this is not my thing. Uh, <laughs> but my wonderful, beautiful daughter is making it happen. And she's making it happen, and it is important because our life is so unusual, and her life was so unusual that it should be documented, and that's something I never did. Exactly. So, You're here. so beautiful, too, and I'm so excited. This is our first episode together. We have been working on this for uh, six to eight months or something like that. I've been buying the equipment. I've been trying to figure it out. I've watched a million videos, and we finally got it. I am recording, so it's very exciting, and... This is our unusual life. You may have listened to my little intro that kind of explains why I'm doing this and then also a little bit of our family structure and that's just for kind of a reference throughout time because I do have quite a large family. But really, like you said, Mom, is this is something that, like I said before, I'm not going to write a book. I just am not. And I want to talk to you about the things that we did and and you know living in a cabin and um, I just want to get it from your perspective because you're amazing and I think it's incredible how we lived and what you did as a woman and so for those listening I have said the reason is because I get asked a lot of questions and I don't know if you do mom like if when you talk about it it comes up in your life and then people will start asking you detailed questions right People mostly are just blown away and they're quiet. <laughs> they don't ask me the detailed questions like you and Lorian get, like, how did you feed your horse? Or right. what did you wear? Or what did you eat? Or how did you put up the TV? They don't ask me questions like that. They just are kind of mom awestruck. Right. Oh, interesting. Up. Right. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. I get asked a lot of detailed questions. So that's the whole point. And, you know, as I said in my intro, I this is definitely going to be a journey that you and I are going to take. And then we're going to incorporate my sister Lorian into it because it was the three of us for a long time. And then my dad, Bill, I would love to like bring him into it, you know, and just kind of get different stories from everyone. I mean, I remember the least amount of everything. Um, and Lorian definitely remembers more. And obviously you were the one who made it all happen. So welcome to our unusual life. <laughs> okay, mom. So this is what I was thinking. Um, there's so many big, broad aspects to the way we lived. The number one story is I grew up in a log cabin for me. What's your number one story when you're talking about that part of your life? I would say you have to realize that this, 
took place at the beginning of the 70s, the end of the civil rights era, the end of the Vietnam War. And I read an article once that one of the most impactful, long-lasting results of that era was the feminist revolution and the change in how people look at women and their capabilities. And that's the broad picture. And I think, hmm, I think that's what started it with me. And I have to point back to a snowstorm on Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. And I was driving a Volkswagen bug north to Boston. I think I was going to go visit my grandmother. And Lorian was six months old, and I had a flat tire. And there were some workmen on the side of the road. And so I went up to them, and I asked if someone could help me fix a flat tire. And they kind of looked at each other and giggled. And they didn't giggle. They yeah. just kind of laughed, like, right. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And this one man said, okay. I can come help you. And we went back down to the Volkswagen and he said, where's your Jack? And I said, what's a Jack? And he wound up finding the Jack, changing my tire. I got back in the car and I went, I am never going to be that helpless woman again. I'm going to figure out how to learn these things myself because there wasn't driver's ed when I was growing up. Right. Uh, and I think if there had been driver's ed in the public school, they probably wouldn't have shown the girls how to fix a flat tire. Well, I don't think they do even today. Yeah. To they be do. honest. I think they do. I don't think so. I don't think they show anybody how to fix a flat tire. But well, and that's, that's what drove me to tell Bill, your dad, yeah, to take you out there and show you how to change the oil, how to fix the flat tire, how to drive the car, how to troubleshoot. And I actually wound up eventually rebuilding two 36 horsepower Volkswagen engines. And you have to well, realize I didn't know that <laughs> a, a 36 horsepower Volkswagen engine is just a little bigger than a lawnmower engine. Okay. Okay. That's true. And back then there was no uh, YouTube videos to watch like I do when I'm trying to figure out something now. But like that's pretty powerful because like that was the point in your life where you went from being a, you know, Catholic schoolgirl living in the middle of D.C. and, you know, middle class, upper middle class family to like gaining your own power. Which is exactly. which is pretty incredible. Like, you know, that's amazing that that's stuck in your mind so much that that's where it turned for you, for sure. And then, so the adventure part. Okay, so in general, the I think what would be really fun is, I mean, I just have a million questions. What happens is I'll start thinking about one particular thing and then I'll, questions will just run through my mind and so I write them down and stuff and so I think what would be fun is to kind of break it up into categories because 
I feel like we could talk for hours on everything. And so what I was thinking is it would be fun to talk about, okay, so my story is I grew up in a log cabin without electricity. And I have to explain, like, we we lived in the middle of Idaho and my parents moved out there and I like to say you were ultra hippies at the time <laughs> and that's what you wanted to do and that's how we were raised until I moved into school um, in eighth grade and moved into town and I I've been thinking like how has that impacted my life growing up that way and I think it just is my sister and I being fiercely independent um, not ever needing to rely on anybody else to do the things that we need to do in life. And that is the direct reflection of what you just said about gaining your own power when you were stuck on the side of the road and deciding from now on, I'm going to do what I need to do. So I want to know how you built the cabin, how you made the the teepee, how you put up the teepee, how did you get all the supplies up to the up to the top of this mountain you know it'll be hard for some people to relate because they don't have the visual of where we lived I will put pictures up you know and make them available but it's still not really going to show like what you had to go through as a mom of two kids building a homestead at the top of a mountain and it's really just truly incredible (laughs) how you made it happen initially as a single woman and then you know with dad in tow as well there was one comment when we lived up in the cabin it was summertime and there was a knock on the door who knocks on the door uh yeah <laughs> our, our nearest neighbor was two and a half miles or two-thirds of a mile downhill right and I went to the door and opened it and there are two men standing there in suits and ties and this one man I said oh hello (laughs) and one of the men looked at me and he said you have a bona fide excuse for never coming to church (laughs) they were both preachers and so no one can really understand how remote we were unless they see it and the people actually go up there and visit the place just go oh my gosh are you serious right Yeah. And also like being, we were three miles up the road that we would drive when we could. And our trail down to the bus stop was a mile and a half or something along those lines. And we regularly left like daily, even in the wintertime, we would go, Lorian and I went to school. You would think given where we lived that we would be homeschooled, that, you know, we would not get out very often. But I feel like we left on a regular basis. Like we went up and down that mountain to get things done. You guys, especially as adults. Um, And yeah, I mean, if somebody was driving up, we could see him way far away and be really excited because somebody was actually driving to where we lived. But yeah, you're right. So, and did you stay in contact with those two men? Like where were they from? Oh, they were actually pastors from St. Mary's. Okay. And I, we, we were in St. Mary's and I happened to see this topic on a message board that was being presented that afternoon. And so I stopped in and listened to it. it they were Seventh-day Adventist preachers. Okay. And 
I don't remember ever. Well, I didn't have, we didn't have an address. Right. And I never asked them how they found me. I have no idea. How is that not the first question? Like when two people show up in the middle of nowhere, how did you find me? I don't know because St. Mary's was 30 miles from Amida. Right. And then had to drive two miles up the mountain. Right. To find our place. I wonder if you were... I wonder if you were more well-known than you might have known being a woman with small children that lived up on the mountain. I mean, there was other people who did it too, but like, I wonder if maybe you were just known, maybe people just knew who you were. I think you're correct in that because when I first moved to Benoit County, Benoit County is in Idaho what I quickly realized is sort of like the Wild West. Right. I mean, when I first moved there, I met an old farm, old, old farmer who had come across with his family in a covered wagon. Oh, hold on, Mom. Hold on. I need to get new batteries. Hold on. I unplugged you. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay, so you moved to Benoit County. And... I quickly found out because I moved there and got a man's job in a cedar mill. Which will be another topic we talk about. Right. And I was a single mother with two kids who was also the night watchman at the cedar mill. I realized that there weren't single women. It's kind of what you hear from Alaska. There's a lot of men and not very many single women. Right. So I think in a way people did know about me. I'm sure I'm sure stories were told amongst the locals. But I pretty much kept to just working and taking care of my children. Right. So are you still recording? Yes, and it's only because my battery is running low cuz I didn't have a lot of batteries. Okay, so this is a good example because, I mean, this is, I love it so much already. And I'm already really excited because we're going to make this happen. And this is just an example of how, I mean, there's just a lot that I want to know more in depth. And I'm really excited to be able to do this. You know, if not very many people listen, that's fine. If anybody wants to be a sponsor, that's good. You can sponsor us too. <laughs> but um, I think the what I would like to do for the next episode is talk a little bit about just you becoming um, just a couple. We just have a, you can ask a question, mom. It's a conversation. <laughs> oh. um, the, um, I think what I, you know, we already did one episode where it didn't work out. And so you talked a lot about, I wanted to know, I mean, you grew up in Washington, D.C., and I know how you grew up, and I, you know, I know how large our family is, and there's dynamics about our family that are a little bit unusual about your family. But I think it would be fun for the next one for you to kind of talk about that time of when you moved from being a young woman to a mom and just kind of realizing that moving out west is something that you wanted to do um you know and that was 
that was when you had Lorian and then you had me and um, also, I mean, I think that learning about how it was for you as a young woman living in Washington, D.C. during Vietnam and all of that, I mean, I'm actually, I'm very interested in kind of learning more about that time, too, for you, um, because all of that made you who you are, really. So it, it did, but it didn't growing up in D.C., attending private schools, education was always a focus. We lived in a huge house, um, large family. Right. It didn't prepare me for for living in the woods. I had to be a quick study. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you just did it, though. And I get it. I mean, humans are creative and we're adventurous and um, you know, some of us do things that seem impossible. You know, we all drive through the small towns that where there's, you know, 10 houses and it's like, who lives out here? Um, and we were one of those people, you know, who would live at the top of a mountain. And, and it's not that it was a vacation home. It's not that we were recluses or reclusive recluse. It's that we lived there, like our lives were there, and we continued to lead normal lives. We traveled, you know, Lorraine and I as small children, like you you guys both worked, you know. I mean, it's not like we were just, you know, living up in this log cabin with no electricity cut off from the world. Like we still interacted with the world just with limitations, like no electricity, no TV, you know. No water no running water um and the best part no bills no bills. We, had, we had one bill a year and that was our tax bill we had 20 acres of land and our tax bill was 60 dollars a year that's amazing so i tell people that the best part of the lifestyle was how much freedom we had because we didn't have charge cards. We weren't in debt. The money we made was money we could play with. Right. And anybody else in the world would go, oh, my gosh, you were dirt poor. And I'd go, yes, yes, if you just look at the amount of money, we were dirt poor. <laughs> but we were free and we had enough. Yeah. We always had enough, you know, we like. didn't always hadn't have enough but god took care of us right absolutely growing and growing our own food and stuff like well i mean i was just labor but no <laughs> just kidding yeah. <laughs> um yeah you know it is okay so i have one more question for you this will do you feel like i should post rpm magazine video now or do you think I should wait a little while until we like, because that's another episode I want to have is talking about that because it was a super fun time of our life. I think it affected certain aspects about socially for me and maybe for Lorian, um, which will bring her in as well. But do you think I should have people watch that now to give them reference? I don't think it would hurt. I think you could, you've already posted it. So right, it is available. But it's just a matter of, right. And 
you could just say if you want a snapshot in time, because that's really all it was, was right. a snapshot in time. Right. Um, then you kind of preface it with, and later on in the, right. In the discussion, we'll talk about the filming. Yeah. Well. yeah. Which was really funny. I like it when people watch it because it gives them a little bit of reference. And then I tell them the ins and outs of filming that day. And, and, you know, it's just funny to me. <laughs> being stars. Are, yes. we, are we still being taped? Yes, we're still recording. Oh. And you're doing a great job. You sound great. This is very exciting. Good. I hope that a lot of work went into this. A lot of time sitting and testing everything. And it ended up being very simple setup. But I th I'm excited. I think this is a great intro episode and um you know what do you, what else do you think what else would you like to talk about oh there's lots of stories you know I'm a storyteller I love to tell stories okay good because uh, that's what we're gonna do and I have lots of stories and you have stories and what I've discovered is that because you and Maria were children and don't forget Will was One, almost two when two. we moved off right but the story, the story when you and Lorian remember things, they're not lots of times. They're not at all the way I remember them. <laughs> and then you and Lorian used to keep secrets, which I, I know for the year. Oh, I know you did. Like when I got three F's and changed them oh. to a B. <laughs> and. Then, you know, just the other day, Bill posted a picture of Lorian, Francine, and Robin on the back of a pickup, and it just, you know, brings back so many memories. I know. Of guys. Just these tough women, and yeah. Robin and Francine are still tough women. I think we all are. I really think that that's something that, like, I was thinking about it yesterday actually like what I talk about it all the time but how did that impact my life you know I'm definitely okay being single and being on my own and doing things on my own um, I'm strong like I can do things and lift things and problem solve and I'm not going to rely on somebody else man or woman to help me do it I mean that's always helpful if somebody is helping you but like maybe that's part of us growing up is like that where you know we were very independent from very young ages like very young ages you know being reliant on ourselves it's more I think I I personally never worry about you or Lorian or Robin or Francine or JD or Travis because there's something innate about growing up where you are responsible for every moment of your life. It's not given to you. If you want to wash your hair, you have to haul the water. If you brush your teeth, you pour just enough water to brush your teeth. Um, right. And there's something that really builds character. 
If you have to go to the bathroom, you have to walk a hundred yards into the depths of the woods in the dark <laughs> to use the bathroom. <laughs> Not <Yay. always. laughs> and the best part of that is you always know the night sky. The number one thing I miss about that lifestyle is the night sky. I'm kind of jealous because now I'm so fascinated with outer space. I can only imagine how amazing it was to be up there with no light source anywhere and just to see, I mean, we could see, I would say, I like to say uh, three quarters of a circle in front of us from the left all the way to the right, three quarters probably of our total view was completely open, was looking across the mountain range to other mountain ranges like super far in the distance. And I I don't necessarily have active memories of the sky, you know, and I kind of, I look at the sky all the time now. And so I can only imagine like how incredible that was. Being able to see that all the time. And look at what we both did. You're cutting out a little bit, but oh, look sorry. at what we did when we went to Orlando. Yep. We're walking around, we're leaving Orlando, and we look up and we see that moon. Yep. Remember the moon? Yep. Nobody else was paying attention to that. Right. And I've actually done research, and yes, you do. There are times you just see the bottom crescent of the moon. Right. And it took me, I actually asked a friend of mine who teaches science and she like went right to the website that explained it. Uh, because, because we were it, in Florida and I realized the crescent was actually on the bottom part. of It was like the bottom of the moon and I didn't have any, I thought it was very strange. And so I called up here to Maine to Veronique and asked her if she looked at the moon, where was the crescent? Was it because this was... We were in Florida and we were at the bottom of the country or it just was something that caught both of our eyes is you don't see that very often, a crescent that's on the bottom. Yeah, the I've moon, never seen it. Yeah, the moon but is very confusing to begin with. But like. it's sort of, I think that's one of the results of the way we lived is that we notice things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things that people don't pay attention to you know I remember camping and waking up and there were deer right outside our tent and you could hear everybody cooking breakfast that were camping and kids talking and nobody went oh look at the deer and there they were standing right there so so that's one of the results. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so just so you're prepared, Mom, Kathy. Okay, so yes, I think yes. it'll be fun. Our next our next little episode, we can talk about um, just kind of, I mean, I asked you before um, when we were recording our testing, um, you know, what what was that like to move across the country and and I know some of the stories and, and motivation behind it and stuff, but just kind of getting your point of view. And also in that, I just want to know kind of how family was reacting and, you know, what conversations you were having with people. I mean, I m moved across the 
I moved overseas and people thought I was losing my mind. Like, you know, so we'll talk about that in our next episode. And um, this is very exciting. And we'll talk more about our unusual life. And if you as listeners want to check out our website, I will post a link to it. I don't know it right now. (laughs) And there'll be pictures. And if you have any questions, there'll be an email where you can send questions and you're welcome to ask me or ask my mom, Kathy. Um, And I'll, you know, I'll be incorporating those and feel free to ask whatever you want. It's very exciting. This is a good day. Until next time, Mom. All right. I love you, darling. I love you, too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.